What's up, everybody? This is the Booch, and this shout out goes to all of the members of the Booch Cast Nation. On behalf of the entire team and all of my affiliates, I would like to take this opportunity to thank you guys so much from the bottom of our hearts for your continued support of the Boochcast. Whether it's wrestling recaps, interviews, politics, variety shows, movie reviews, whatever episodes we come out with, you guys listen, you guys tune in, and you show your support. And it means the world to us. And we're going to commence with this latest episode in just a moment. But I want to take this opportunity right now to let you guys know something really huge that is going on in the world of the booch. I am now officially on Cameo. That's right. The Cameo. The same Cameo where celebrities go and give personal shout-out videos for all their fans. And I'm here to let you guys know that for the affordable price of just $25 you can get a personalized video from me on cameo and it can be for any occasion that you want you got somebody you want me to wish a happy birthday I'll make it happen you want me to congratulate someone on graduating high school or college I'll make it happen whether it's a happy holidays video it can be a gender reveal it can be somebody who needs some motivation you want the boots to motivate you or if you got somebody in your life that you want to break up with I'll help make the breakup happen or if you got somebody in your life that you want to tell to fuck off and you want it done booch style all you got to do is go to cameo.com slash booch 365 there'll be a link in the description box of every episode of the booch cast from now till the end of time go there book your video customize it however you want let me know how you want it done and i will make it happen for you so go to cameo.com slash booch365 right now and book your personalized video today for the affordable price of $25. And now, on with the show. Ducky, ducky, quack, quack. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Uh
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT Deadline 2023. And of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on the Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Absolutely. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? To do that's yes, it's me, the broke soldier Zach Scott. You can speak out not that broke. And courtesy night of Keith McHale. Oh, here we go. Yes, uh, we're about to jump into this uh, crazy-ass pay-per-view. Boy, fucking nuts. <laughs> we got a lot to say about this. We do. Yeah. But before we jump into that, there's a few things here we need to address right off the bat. Originally, Gator was supposed to join us for this deadline uh, recap. As you guys know, Gator has retired from the show. So, he does not make regular appearances. He's no longer obligated to be on the show. However, he did say he would join us for Deadline. Originally, he was not going to join us because hmm. he had a wrestling show that he had to go to. You know, which makes sense. Go make your money. Do what you gotta do. Entertain the fans. But then the, the show was canceled. So we were under the impression he was going to join us. But instead, he decided to blow off the pay-per-view completely. Uh-huh. Basically tell all of us to fuck ourselves because he was too busy <laughs> fucking a rat. He felt that, you know what? I don't really care about the Boochcast fans. I need to get my dick wet. And, you know, because, you know, uh, Gator needs to get pussy as much as possible because God only knows the next time he'll see a vagina. So <laughs> Gator felt compelled to ignore the show. I mean, this show only happens once a year and apparently so does Gator meeting the rat. So he had to make a choice, and I respect it. You know, you, you do what you got to do, you know? Someone's going to get a very pitched off phone call here in a couple days. I don't give a single fuck. <laughs> I am in a mood. You're going to get text messages. We're going to get text messages. We're going to get letters. We're going to get letters. And I don't give a single fuck. Don't give a single fuck either. Because I, like I said, I've been in a mood. Really? Um, you in a mood? Never. Hey, I tried to be calm, I tried to be peaceful, I tried to live a good life, but too many people want to fuck with me. They want to poke the bear, then when the bear gets mad, they decide to play the victim. And that don't sit well with me. So, basically, uh, speaking of being in a mood, uh, before we officially jump into this pay-per-view, oh, there is one thing Zach and I need to address right off the bat. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that is, after this deadline review... Zach and myself, mostly Zach, uh, are going to be taking a sabbatical from the show. Uh, as you guys know, usually around this time, uh, we usually take a break because, you know, obviously we love doing the Boochcast. We love putting these shows out. We love entertaining the crowd. But at, after a certain point, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you get burned out. You get tired and, you know, you're running really hard. And at some point, you got to take a bit of a break because if you don't, things will get stressful. And as you guys know, the last few shows that we've done, they've been coming out a little later than normal. Like, usually I get them out, like, Wednesday early in the morning sometimes because I'm usually up till, like, 4 a.m. 
and editing these things, but lately they've been coming out like Wednesday night, like anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes before Dynamite airs is when I've usually been getting them done. This last one I did came out like Thursday morning due to some complications. And I'm not gonna go into full detail about these complications. I'll save that for the year in review on January 1st that's gonna drop, but I'll give you guys a little clip notes here. As I mentioned before, I had a job that I was revealing at a later date. Well, I'm gonna reveal it now. About a month ago, around this time, I started a new job at UPS. I got a job working in a warehouse as a package handler uh, for reasons, as I mentioned before, I will talk about on the January 1st episode, but let's just say I was in an awkward situation where I needed a job and I needed a job fast. And because UPS has a very fast hiring process, I chose to get a job there. So I've been working there for the last few weeks and that's why it's taken a while for me to get some of these episodes out and it's also why a lot of other things have been happening. Um, it's a season job and I know the cutoff of the seasonal is January 15th and I don't plan on staying past the seasonal and again I'll mention more about that at a later date but I'm definitely not sticking around uh, for the long haul um, but because of that you know my schedule's been thrown out of whack and like I said before it's been difficult to get together to do uh, the NXT recaps for example Zach and I would have to watch the show separately and then in the morning I would bring Zach here so literally like in the morning and the afternoon on Wednesday, we would be here recording uh, the podcast, and then I would spend the rest of the day editing that and hopefully get it out Wednesday night or Thursday morning in some cases. So until this UPS thing is over and done with, I'm going to need a break from NXT because getting it done consistently is just making it difficult for me. And Zach um, is getting some schedule changes as well because of the holiday season. And also, Zach's getting a little... He's getting a little burned out and stressed out as well. It happens. Yeah, I'm getting burned out. I'm just... We need to take a break. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I got too much crap going on in my life that I have to do. And not to mention, I am a dishwasher at a fucking restaurant during the holidays. Yay. Yeah, so usually when we take this break, we usually do it at the end of December. We usually try to go through the end. Although, last year, we went all the way to Vengeance Day, and then we kind of stopped. Uh, but in this case, we realized we need to take this break a little sooner. So that's why after this deadline recap, we're going to take off and most likely we're going to come back or I'd like to come back February 4th for Vengeance Day. So from now till Vengeance Day, there will be no NXT recaps. We're going to be taking time off February 4th. We're going to come back because by that time, uh, Zach's shit should be together. My shit should be together. Now, just because we're taking off from NXT doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be Boochcast content. Because I still have some classic content. I still have some episodes in the can that haven't quite come out yet. And I plan on taking the, the downtime that I'm going to have to edit, produce, and get those out to you guys. As I mentioned before, we have a variety show we did a while back. That's going to come out. Gator has a Christmas special. That's going to come out. I have my year in review that's going to come out. And I have multiple interviews and stuff that are already scheduled in advance for the month of January and the month of February. I have stuff ready to go. So that stuff's still going to be coming out. There'll still be episodes for you to check out. We just won't have any NXT episodes available. And I have spoken to Lance Goodman. He's dealing with some family stuff right now. He's getting his life back on track. But within the next few weeks, 
He should be back to do uh, some football stuff. We should be getting into some football talk. So I'll still be scheduling things with Lance and working around his schedule and getting things on track with the NFL reviews. But as far as the NXT, we're taking time off from that uh, just to get our heads straight, get back in the game. So when we do come back, we can come back and be who we are, be at our best. Because as, as I mentioned before, ever since COVID, we went from having summers off to winters off. It just made things a lot easier. Because like I said, we were originally going to take off for the summer, but then COVID hit in 2020. So we said, to hell with it. Let's put out some content. We're all just sitting around not doing anything. Then when things finally got back on track, we got to the winter and we realized, yeah, we're kind of burned out. We need a break. Yeah, we so a break. we switched it to the winter instead of the summer. So that's why we have these winter breaks now. So we're going to be taking off after this. We'll be back February 4th with Vengeance Day, but I'll still have stuff to put out for you guys in the meantime, in between time. So we just wanted to give you guys this heads up. We hope you guys will not be sad and disappointed but just know this is nxt we love nxt so this is not a goodbye it's more of a see you later see you later and with that said we're gonna jump now into nxt deadline so after we skip the pre-show because we don't give a fuck about that we have an interesting in-ring segment to open the show so of course we have uh, the man who runs NXT, uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. He knows that this is the final premium live event of the year, not just for NXT but for WWE as a whole. Because after this, there won't be any more premium live events until the Royal Rumble. Uh, so he asks the crowd if they are ready, you know, doing the traditional "Are you ready?" Then all of a sudden, CM Punk's music hits. Punk smiles and plays with the crowd on the way to the ring. Uh, and of course. Uh, Punk apologized to HBK for stepping on his gimmick because he kind of does the, you know, the, the shoulder bicep, you know, leaning pose that Shawn Michaels was always known for doing. And he asked if he wants to tell the crowd to suck it because that's, of course, you know, the DX thing. Two words for you. Suck it. HBK looks Punk up and down and tells him, nice hoodie. Because Punk happens to be wearing a Bret Hart hoodie. Punk apologized as he forgot his HBK merchandise at home. But why does it matter since HBK and Bret Hart made up? HBK tells Punk that this hurts. But Punk reminds HBK that he made up with Triple H. So it's all about healing now. And Punk asks to take a selfie with HBK. HBK obliges because he said that he's been in the back. So many people have said they grew up watching him and wanted to take selfies. He grew up watching Shawn Michaels, so he wanted to take a selfie with Shawn Michaels. Crowd goes nuts. Punk says he missed his flight and he owed HBK a call, so he figured he would just show up here. Punk asked the crowd if he should sign with Raw, SmackDown, or if he should be the newest member of NXT. The crowd chants NXT. Punk's music starts to play before Punk can say anything else. And chances are that's because this may have run a little bit longer than they wanted to. Um, okay. I was like, like okay, why are you here? It's like, I might sign with Raw. I might sign with SmackDown. Hell, I might even sign with NXT. Because James Green seems fucking still a free agent. So, we'll see what happens. I'm intrigued. If you sign with NXT, I'll be like, nah, you need to go to Raw or SmackDown, dude. I think, personally. But if you sign with NXT, okay. The question is, why? But time can only tell. Yeah. Obviously, this is a great opening to the show for the simple fact that if you put CM Punk on TV or a premium live event, you're going to get a lot of views on the internet. And a lot of these segments nowadays are all about getting YouTube hits. You know, because the more YouTube hits you get, the higher your subscriptions get, and the more eligible you are to monetize your pay. And obviously, WWE is way past the point of being eligible for monetization. Mm. But the more stuff you post, the more money you can make through the site. And you want to create as much engagement as possible on social media. And I can honestly say, and I would challenge anyone to 
argue against this. I don't think there is a wrestler or a star in the business today that creates more engagement on the internet than CM Punk. You're right. Especially nowadays. Oh, of course not. And ever since CM Punk has been back, everything he's done has been entertaining. On Monday Night Raw, he kind of gave a sentimental speech saying, I'm home. People have been welcoming back with open arms. Well, almost everybody. Almost everybody. But he has said that, you know, he's here. He's back. He's changed. He had to go away and come back to get everything he wanted. He's back to get everything he's ever wanted and to let people know that the best in the world is back and you're all about to find out that your attempt at being best in the world have failed miserably and anyone who's called themselves the best in the world since I've been gone is lying to you. So he gave a really good speech. And some people didn't like it because they were expecting more of a pipe bomb. But that just shows that you're damned if you do, if you're damned if you don't. Because if Punk went out there and started talking shit, everybody would have been like, he hasn't changed, he's a child, he can't let the past go. But then when he comes out and be sentimental, they're like, oh, CM Punk's gone soft. So he comes out on SmackDown, mm-hmm. fucking annihilates on the mic, puts over Cody Rhodes, puts over Kevin Owens, took cheap shots at the Elite, if you heard, if you noticed it. He said he talked about Kevin Owens, and he said that, you know, you know, I like Kevin Owens, but you, you can't really go around punching people in the face backstage. You know, this is 2023, and that's just not acceptable. It's insane. How can you go around punching people in the face backstage? And here's the funny part. What? And th- people thought this was a, a, a problem for Punk, but really, it's the biggest insult to AEW on the fucking planet. And what is that? When he did the punching people in the face backstage reference, very little people in the crowd knew what the fuck he was talking about. If we were in the crowd, we would have been laughing our asses No, there are some people that were chanting CM Punk and clapping because they watch both shows and they get it. There's a lot of WWE fans who don't watch AEW, don't know what it is, and don't give a fuck because WWE has something that AEW doesn't have. What's that? Casual fans. That is true. There are people who just watch WWE and nothing else. But they love the WWE. And then you have some people who are wrestling fans that watch everything. Like, for a period of time, Desmond was one of those people that only watched WWE. He did watch a little bit of WCW back in the day, which surprised me. I didn't know that about him. But he never watched the other shows until AEW showed up. Remember, he mentioned that during when we talked about WrestleMania 39. He never jumped ship. Everybody else did. It wasn't until AEW made him jump ship because he was fed up with everything going on in WWE. But then AEW became so shitty, and Triple H has done such a great job in creating creative that made Desmond come back so and then of course AEW drove all of us away we tried we sat through it um, we tried and we tried and we tried we really did so things went hectic but he was referencing the fight with the Bucks and the fight with Jack Perry and also he was referencing a few other things he talked about Roman Reigns then he dissed Seth Rollins I didn't hear what he say. He was talking about like, you know, there's one guy, there's always one bad apple that spoils the bunch, talking about one guy that doesn't want to see him here. And he said, I have a lot to say about this guy, not just because he has a whiny voice, but I don't want to deal with him just for the simple fact that he's not even the man in his own household. And then the fans start going, oh, oh. And as they're singing, Punk says, you know, at the end of the day, all he really has is that stupid song, so you might as well just sing it. Because he knows he's not going to get the crowd to stop singing it, but he's basically saying without that song Seth Rollins isn't over and to an extent that is true because sometimes the fans will latch on to something and do it for so long that it doesn't even matter if you're there or not sometimes they're doing it just to amuse themselves so the question is with this song is Seth over or is the song over what's really over if you took the song away from Seth Rollins would he still get a pop from the crowd and I and I think we're gonna get a test of that because there's a good chance when him and Punk finally start feuding it's gonna become 
a Rollins is the heel, Punk is the babyface rivalry. Because you're not going to get the crowd to boo CM Punk. Not in WWE. It's not going to happen. Not going to happen. No disrespect to Seth Rollins, but if he goes through this feud, he's going to be the heel, whether he likes it or not. You are not going to convince the crowd to turn on CM Punk because he's too good on the mic. He is. Punk is a better talker than Rollins. Just a fact. So that made for interesting. So now he's here at NXT. And of course, they're trying to figure out, is he going to sign with SmackDown? Is he going to sign with Raw? Because we know uh, tonight on Raw, the time you're listening to this, it's Monday. He's supposed to appear on Raw and give his answer because Adam Pearce invited him to try to sign him to an exclusive Raw contract. Punk went to SmackDown this past Friday because A, they're going to put him wherever he wants. He's a free agent. But also, it was tribute to the troops. So it was a good uh, gift for the military, which is why a lot of people also think there were a lot of casual fans in the audience because a majority of the fans in the stands were from the military. And I don't know how many military vets watch AEW. And I'm not shitting on AEW by saying that. I'm just stating a fact. I don't know how many military vets are AEW fans. I think they would lean more towards WWE because, again, WWE is more global and more open to everyone than AEW is. AEW has made it very clear that they have a niche audience. They are catering to the nichiest audience in professional wrestling. The internet, I only watch wrestling, I know nothing else about anything in life, fans. And I used to be that guy, so I'm not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you. I used to be that guy for years where I only knew wrestling and nothing else. Now, wrestling is my biggest expertise, but I've branched out to other things, as you can tell from the show. I didn't want. I stopped being just the wrestling guy after a while because I wanted to show there was more to me than just wrestling. Wrestling just happens to be the thing I know about the most, but it's not the only thing I know. Now, as far as Punk becoming a member of NXT, the NXT guy, I'd love to see it, but I know it's not happening. Here's the thing. He's going to sign with Monday Night Raw because he's going to be entering a feud with Seth Rollins that is going to culminate at WrestleMania because Punk's pretty much established he's entering the Royal Rumble and he said that, you know, a lot of people here are talking about finishing their story. He references Cody there and he said, I'm going to finish my story by main eventing WrestleMania because Cody's finishing of the story is to win the title they stole from his father in the garden. That's why he has to face Roman Reigns. Punk just wants a WrestleMania main event. And now that WrestleMania is two nights, both men can get exactly what they want. That's why it's safe to say the main event of WrestleMania night one is going to be Punk and Rollins for the World Heavyweight title. And the main event of night two is going to be Cody versus Roman for the undisputed WWE title. Universal title, even though there's still, although most people aren't bringing up Undisputed anymore, but it's technically still called that, but I don't think it should be, because you can't be the Undisputed champion if there's another world champion on your show. There's already a belt to dispute it, so he just might as well be the WWE Universal Champion, but that's what's going to happen, and that's why I pretty much said that the Women's Royal Rumble is basically going to be a piss break, because it doesn't really matter, because the woman's not going to the main event, so who really fucking cares? Because I've always said it before, and I'll say it again, if the winner of the Royal Rumble is not main eventing WrestleMania, the Rumble's fucking meaningless. <laughs> It's true. So, yeah, Punk's not signing with NXT. Let's just let's just nip that in the bud right there. And plus, here's the other thing. They pretty much made it clear that with NXT, it doesn't matter where you sign, you can show up in NXT. So even if Punk signs with Monday Night Raw, he can still come to NXT from time to time. And if they're smart, they will do that. Because as we mentioned last week, NXT is about to strike a deal with CW. And in October of next year, they're going to be there. You want the ratings on USA between now and then to 
be as high as possible so CW has more confidence in you. And when they go to CW, you definitely want Punk on there to get people to watch it on the CW. Because some people have the CW, some people don't. Who wants to gravitate to that channel? What better way than to have Punk there? So you've got something to work with. Plus, there's a lot of guys on there Punk can have great matches with. He might not necessarily be able to make money with them, but he can have great matches. And with that said, we're now going to move on to the first official match of the evening for the NXT North American Championship. Dominic Mysterio defends the title against Dragon Lee with Rey Mysterio. Good opening bout from the start off the show. What do you think, Vinny? Even though you were asleep half the fucking time. <laughs> Leave it to Zach to break the fourth wall for you guys, but he was right. And here's the thing. I think it's a combination of I only got a few hours sleep the night before the show because I was coming home from UPS and there's a lot of fucking drama which I won't get into right now but I'll just say I couldn't go to bed because I was you ever, you ever been so angry that you can't go to bed because your adrenaline is still going through the roof because of the rage you're fucking feeling that's where I was at and I had I didn't have because of how late it was I had the luxury to go to a McDonald's or something and stuff my face with fast food which is what I normally do when I'm angry I didn't have that option so I'm like like, I'm forced to feel my feelings because <laughs> I don't have my vices. So I just felt it and I just got until finally I was just, I just got tired because you know, like when you get the adrenaline going, then eventually you crash. So it took a couple hours and then I crashed and I had to wake up early because I had a phone appointment uh, with my health insurance agent to get my health insurance renewed for 2024. So I only got a few hours sleep. And to be honest, I didn't give a fuck about this match. So that's I mean, why I was kind of in and out. I saw moments of it. Like, for example, you know, there were a couple good spots. You know, there was good back and forth action. But really, this match did not excite me at all. It didn't. I mean, there was uh, there was one botch where um, Diamond Steel tried to uh, DDT Dragon Lee outside the outside on top outside the ropes and totally missed. It. There was a botch, and at that point you were snoring. But otherwise than that, I mean, it was okay. Then all of a sudden, one, two, three, and the new North American champion Dragon Lee and we were like, why? All right, this makes no sense, but we'll see what happens. Because if mommy was there and everybody was chanting mommy, where the hell is she at? And she wasn't there. She was there. They were chanting, we want mommy. And, and, and uh, Don Mysterio would have won if mommy was there. Well of, course, well, of course, because the Judgment Day has always been there to interfere. So the point of this is that to illustrate the point that if the Judgment Day is not together, they lose. It's like they say, united we stand, divided we fall. Tonight they were divided, so they fell. That's the point. And it's going to illustrate that if you divide and conquer with the Judgment Day, you can win. Which some people might see as a negative. I see it as a positive. Because if you're a heel faction, that's how you're supposed to be run. If you're a heel faction. That's the whole purpose of having a faction. Is because I need this team to protect me if I'm the leader, which Dominic isn't the leader, but my point is, as long as the team is together, I can win. But you take away my support, I'm a sitting duck. And that's exactly what Dominic was. Here's the things that bother me though. It says Dragon Lee with Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is supposed to be in Dragon Lee's corner, right? Here's my question. What the fuck is Rey doing on commentary? That's not being in someone's corner. That's being a guest commentator. Corner means you get your ass out of your chair, take off the fucking headphones, and you stand at ringside. That's being in someone's corner. You actually have to stand in the fucking corner. 
This is common sense knowledge for anyone that's seen managers or valets in wrestling. It's common sense if you ever watch boxing. And if you're also a UFC MMA fan, where's the corner man always stand? In the fucking corner. And then they come into the octagon during the breaks to give the guy water. They get in the ring or get in the octagon when there's breaks to sit in the chair. And they're giving them water. They're cleaning them up. They're getting the blood off while also talking strategy. Tell them what to do and what to avoid, you know. Stick and move. Slip the jab. You got to fucking, you know, one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. Whatever the fuck you say. And yes, I'm quoting Rocky because that's the last boxing movie I saw. So I'm trying to figure things out, you know. Go for the ribs. Don't let the bastard breathe. That kind of shit. So that bothered me. Also, the reason Dragon Lee won this match is because Wesley's injured. If Wesley was medically cleared, we would have saw him holding up the North American Championship. Who would rather have it, Wesley or Dragon Lee? Ideally, Dragon but as we mentioned last week we wish Wesley a speedy recovery we are not happy that he's injured no. we take no excitement in the fact that he's injured we are glad that he's off TV and he's not holding this championship but we don't wish injury on a wrestler no matter how much we hate them whether it's hateful for business reasons or hateful for personal reasons we do not wish injury on wrestlers Unless they injured someone with no remorse. Because then that's just fair game. But anyway, this match, like I said, I just, I had no interest in it. And also, here's the thing that bothered me as well. As we mentioned before, last week, when they announced it was going to be Carmelo Hayes versus King. Lexus King. Sorry. I, I fucking... I had a brain fart there for a second. Brian Pillman German is his Christian name now. Yes. I was almost going to say Lex Lee, but that's uh, that's an indie wrestler who is uh, the son of Polly, the nature boy Polly. So I almost said Lex Lee. Ooh, me, just don't. Ooh, me. Let me make it class. <laughs> so, I am the real nature boy. Yeah. Stealing gimmicks. <laughs> He got the blessing from Ric Flair. He's fine. Plus, Paulie is a friend. He's cool. I'm cool with Paulie. He and I get along fantastically. Um, but I'm just saying, when they announced that match, they even made it clear. Like Trick Williams said, Mello opens the show. Trick closes the show. So why would you put that in there as a line if Carmelo Hayes is not opening NXT? And that would have been a more exciting match. Because that match really didn't have a lot of buildup. I mean, it had some, but let's be honest, they weren't really focusing on that. No, they were not. So... I get, I felt like that should have been the opener instead of this. The only good thing about this being the opener is that when I was nodding off or, or, or like half out of it, I got to see a match that I quite frankly had no emotional investment in and didn't pay attention to. Because I didn't care. I did get to see some of the spots when I was I would fade in and out. And was I really snoring? Every once in a while, yes. I really was? <clears throat> mm -hmm. When you sleep, you snore like a motherfucker, let you know. I know. Well, I do too, so. I, I've had people tell me that. Although Buff has told me I have a healthy snore. Mm-hmm. And he has sleep apnea, so he knows a healthy snore and an unhealthy snore. He knows the difference. So he said, I have a healthy snore. So anyway, Dragon Lee wins. He's the new North American champion. And it was meh. meh. Like I said, not really special because I don't see Dragon Lee doing anything major with this belt. And Ray basically just sat on commentary. So why the fuck was he even here? And him and Booker T were arguing like motherfuckers too. Oh, yeah. If you hear it, just go back and listen. Like, Booker T, dude, shut up. Yes. And on that note, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening. We've got the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Lash Legend versus Blair Davenport versus Kalani Jordan versus Tiffany Stratton versus Fallon Henley. I don't know what to think of this. <laughs> what do you think? I think this was, for the most part, 
a great match. It was a very good match. It was intense. These it, We had Fallon Henley and Blair Davenport kicking things off. Uh, they did kind of what we saw similar to another match last week. They were trading roll-ups and pin attempts. Oh, and Jesus. Well, all like, the roll-ups. One, one, two, kick out. One, two, kick out. We caught, we, I think I counted like at least 10 false finishes in a row. Yeah. With, with Blair and um, Fallon. Handling. I was like, okay, ladies, yeah. I love you, but come on now. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it's fun for a little bit. Like, there was one moment afterwards where Fallon had that, cru- where they did all that crazy shit, and then Blair went for an actual move, and Fallon did the crucifix pin. That one I liked. But the rest of them were kind of like, all right, the roll up here, the roll up here, and just rolling around the ring. Like, after a certain point, that gets annoying. And not to mention, you were bitching, raising hell. Why don't you guys fuckers wait till the person's in the penalty box, not start start the time when they're walking towards the penalty box? That pissed me off. Jesus Christ, I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. That was fucking... The whole purpose of the penalty box for 90 seconds is to be in the box for 90 seconds. Now, there's one moment that was a total fucking botch, but we'll get to that in the men's match, so we won't talk about that right now. But you're stuck. by the time they get in there, 20, 30 seconds have already gone by by the time these bitches who are trying to sell the fact that they just got pinned. So it's not like they can immediately get up, roll out, and walk to the fucking penalty box because then you're not selling the finish or the pin. You're not selling the you're not selling the fact that you just got your ass kicked. So you wait till they get into the penalty box and then start the fucking clock. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But also, I mean, we also would say, like, who's coming out next? Okay, this person's coming out next. I think you won that tonight, too. I won that a few times. On this one, I didn't. No, you didn't. Because you predicted Last Legend. I called Kalani Jordan, and out came Tiffany Stratton. We were like, yep, we both fucked that up. Yep, like rats. And then all of a sudden, you see Last Legend hit her with the (laughs) choke slam. Thank you, Polly Shore. Ah, do the check in there. Yes. All right, then. Let's roll on with this, please, that No? Yeah, that wasn't a Polly Shore. That was just you being goofy at that Oh, point. no. Of course, I'm not that goofy. Oh, no. Are you done? Oh, let's see here. Let's see. Yeah, I'm done. Now you're trying to sound like a really fast Irish person. It's not more fun. It's luckily Irish. Okay. So, anyway, my point is, shit got ridiculous. And here's why it reminded me of when I used to work at Home Depot. And they would give us 15-minute breaks. Because here's how they do it. You, get, you work an eight-hour shift, and basically every couple hours, you would get like a, you would get a break. Like, after, the, after two hours, they give you a 15-minute break. You get to go sit in the break room for 15 minutes, and then come back, go to the bathroom, do what you got to do. Then you get your one-hour lunch a couple hours after that. And then you would get one more 15-minute break. And that's assuming they remember to give you those 15 minute breaks. Cause sometimes they forget or sometimes shit's so hectic or they're understaffed that you get your lunch and that's it. And the only reason they give you the lunch is cause it's illegal if they don't give you the lunch. So that's usually how that shit goes. But what would piss me off is most managers and supervisors, they would start the 15 minute clock the second you leave the register. That's fucking bullshit, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because you gotta walk from the front end to the break room, which depending on where you're at, could be from one end of the store to the other, or from the front of the store to the back of the store. And here's the other thing, when you're walking to the back, you're in your fucking orange apron. So what do you think happens when you're walking around the store and you're in an orange apron? Professors wanna ask you questions. Correct. So you can't even start your break yet because you got customers coming up to you going, where can I find this? Where can I find this? And it's against company policy to say, can't talk now, I'm on my break. Or can't talk now, I'm going to lunch. You have to stop what you're doing to help that 
customer. You can actually get in trouble for refusing to help a customer because you're on your way to the break room. What would the idea just to take your shit off? If you can get by without getting caught, maybe. I see some people literally do that. They'll take their apron off, throw it underneath because they just don't want to get caught. But then by the time you get to the break room, six, seven minutes have already gone by. Maybe eight. So you're lucky if you get four or five minutes in the fucking place. Maybe six. And if you go to the bathroom, that if you have to pee, that also cuts into it. So you don't, so unless you're taking a shit, you don't get to sit. By the time you sit in the chair, you got maybe three minutes and you got to walk on back to the floor. And you, especially if you get that one fucking supervisor, these people should be killed. When you go, hey, you get a 15-minute break, not a 16-minute break. When it's 13 minutes, you need to walk on back to the floor. You can suck my massive 12-inch cock, motherfucker. I start the clock the second I get into the break room. That's what I do. That's what, and I don't give a fuck if you write me up, if you get me in trouble. Hell, I do that at UPS. We get 10 minute breaks. I don't start the break till I get into the designated break area, which is outside over by the trucks. They have a little area. Until I walk into that area, that clock has not started. Even if I go to the bathroom, I don't start the fucking clock. Screw that shit. That would piss me off to no end. Because it was goddamn ridiculous. And it was goddamn ridiculous here. Wait till they get into the penalty box and then start the clock. Otherwise, what's the fucking point of the 90 seconds? Um, there would be no point at all. So that irritated me. But one of my favorite spots when, uh, when Kalani Jordan hit that 450 splash. Oh, that was beautiful. That was beautiful right there. And she went for the double pin? Yeah, then they, even though she probably, I don't know how much she weighs, soaking wet, they just tossed her. I'm like, what the hell do you think you're doing? But another thing, when last lesson he got two pins in a row. Oh my God. On top of each other at the exact same time. Oh yeah, I think because um, Legend, uh, Pulls Henley on top of Stratton and pins both women after she did the choke slam. She then power bombed Fallon Henley, pinned both women at the same time, and she got two points. And I don't think that was ever established as a thing yet. So I like that they can do that now. If you pin two people at the same time, it counts as two separate falls instead of one. That made it fucking wonderful. It put Last Legend in the lead, which makes sense because she's the big girl in the group. And by big, I mean muscular and tall, not fat. There's no fat shaming here. But overall, it was fantastic. Tiffany Stratton came in there, yeah, the cartwheel. Yeah, she was over. Uh, tiffy time, Tiffy time, Tiffy time. I was like, the crowd is chanting Tiffy time. T yeah, she over, but it was just, it was a lot of shit going on, but it was it was fantastic. And at the end of it, and I was not expecting this because I was going for uh, Last Legend, and I think Shivita um, Bucci here was also going Last Legend. Blair Downport is now the number one contender, which we did not see coming, and I'm all right with it. Yes. Well, here's what happened. Uh, Last Legend eventually gets out of the penalty box and Davenport runs out the clock because she was able to get another victory, three. And then as they run out of time, Blair Davenport survives. And also to answer your previous question, yes, Tiffany Stratton is over. And that's what I love about the fact they do premium live events now in the arenas instead of in the NXT building. Because the NXT building, for the most part, you can tell those fans are planted in the seats. And here's the thing. I don't judge them for planting fans in the seat. I don't. You're in the performance center, so you don't want just any random stranger walking in there. And B, you want to fill your seats for television. And all and C, if you have planted fans, it's easier to control. So you don't have to worry about riots and crazy shit. You don't necessarily have to tell them who to cheer or boo for. Let them decide what they want to do. But for the most part, it's very controlled. An arena, you can't control. You're going to find out when you step into that arena whether you're over or not. And Tiffany Stratton is over. And the crowd made them aware of it. You, found, you find out in front of the arena crowd whether you're truly over or not. Whether you actually are going to be a future star or if you're somebody that's going to get released when it's time for new budget cuts.
And I'll tell you right now, Tiffany, she's ready. I wouldn't be surprised if she's a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble in January. I'd love to see her be part of the Women's Rumble to kind of get her in front of that crowd. Yeah, I agree with you on that. She's ready. So Davenport grabs the mic and says she is now the Iron Survivor, and she's going to take the title from Lyra Valkyra. Lyra Valkyra walks out. She's holding up the NXT Women's Championship because they've now basically said at New Year's Evil, which I believe is January 2nd, because the first Tuesday in January, which is January 2nd, she will be facing Lyra Valkyra for the NXT Women's Championship. So they're putting this on free TV. It's a it's a major event. It's not a regular TV show, but it is going to be on free TV. And then all of a sudden, Lyra Valkyrie gets attacked from behind. We're all kind of sitting there going, who the fuck is that? And apparently it's Cora Jade. Oh, good old Cora Jade. Yep. Why? I don't really care. I think it's because they wanted to announce that Cora Jade is finally back. And apparently she was getting breast implants, which is why she was out of action. And I will say this. Mm-hmm. She needed them. And I also love the new look. I, I got tired of the skateboard tomboy look. It was not working. And I will say, though, I don't like the chains or the uh, on her uh, hair and on the, the bra area. And, I, and the reason I don't like it is because I feel like that's... Jade Cargill's thing, and I feel like she's trying to mimic Jade a little bit. Oh, like, another person stealing a gimmick, something like that. Yeah, I guess. So it's like you know, hey, get get your own type of wardrobe. Yeah, that's true. Because Jade Cargill is, I'm sorry, she's a bigger star than Cora Jade. Oh, of course she is. So, not too happy about that. But I do look forward to seeing what Cora Jade's going to bring to the table now that she's back. I'm hoping that her new personality will help her get over more and see if it'll make her a valued asset to the group. And I'm sure Braun Breaker is loving the new implants. Probably. And then we cut to the backstage area where we see Trick Mellow Gang getting ready. You know, uh, Carmelo's getting ready to face Lexus King. Trick's getting ready for the Iron Survivor Challenge. And basically, Trick's telling him, make sure you take care of business tonight. I mean, I saw this right here. They're just hyping and pumping each other up. That's yes. basically the, the, uh, what they were doing. That's basically giving each other uh, motivation and all that happy horseshit, basically. Yeah. So from the looks of things, they're they're slowly but surely patching things up and making it seem like they're back on the same page. And Trick is now accepting the fact that Melo's not involved in the attack or physically attacking him. Pretty much. We'll see what happens. No one really knows who attacked Trick yet. And with that said, we're going to move on here to the next match of the evening, the match that should have opened the show. Carmelo Hayes, one-on-one against Lexus King. Me? Mm-hmm. Could have been a little bit more exciting, I think. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, it was, it was, there was no emotion in it. I mean, I want to say emotion or say it with me, children. Psychology. Psychology. Which... There wasn't any of that either. But the one funny thing was, though, Vinny doesn't really like this, though, but he understood it, is when, shake my hand. Shake our hand. And Carmelo shakes and looks skin and flicks him off. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. I liked it and I didn't like it. And I'll tell you why. Based on what I've seen in wrestling over the years, and based on Seth Rollins and that fan camera thing that people caught when he saw CM Punk back and he was going, fuck you, fuck you. And a lot of people think it's a work. I'm convinced it's a shoot, and here's why I think it's a shoot. If what Seth Rollins is doing with the with the middle fingers and yelling "fuck you" and having Michael Cole hold him back, if that's a work, then Seth Rollins is the shittiest actor I've ever fucking seen because it was horrible acting. And also, here's the thing: unless your name is Stone Cold Steve Austin, if you're giving a middle finger, you tend to look childish. I'm sorry. You don't look like a grown man when you're giving a middle finger. You look like a fucking child, and Seth Rollins is basically acting like a fucking child. I didn't see a grown man that was looking for a fight. I saw 
a little boy throwing a temper tantrum because mommy wouldn't give him a cookie. That's basically what the fuck I saw with Rollins. Now, Carmelo Hayes, this worked because he timed it perfectly. Like, hey, yeah, I'm going to give you a handshake. And it's like, fuck you. I'm not working with you. We are not working together. Stop trying to convince everyone that we are in cahoots because we're not. I didn't attack Trick Williams and I didn't ask you to do it either. And that's what Carmelo is trying to say. And at one point, there was a moment where I couldn't tell if it was a botch or if it was planned, where Lexus King and Carmelo were on the turnbuckle, and I think Lexus did some kind of punch or clothesline, and they fell off the turnbuckle and both hit the floor. And for a moment, we thought it was going to be a double countout, and of course, Zach was pissed, and I get it because I've said this before a million times, I don't like to see DQs or countouts or double countouts in premium live events. I'm not a fan of it. Do it on TV to build your story, but never at a premium live event. However, in this particular case, if Lexus King and Carmelo Hayes are in fact working together, and he did in fact hire him to take out Trick Williams, a double countout would make logical sense in that scenario. You can just play it off like, hey, he got the best of me or whatever. You can... You can talk around it, and by doing so, you can tell you can have the match to throw people off. But with the double count out, nobody wins, nobody loses. You don't have to worry about Melo getting a victory over Lexus King, or like Lexus having to lay down for Melo, or Melo having to lay down for Lexus, or anything like that. Like Carmelo could be like, I lay down for Lexus King because that was his payment for putting Trick Williams out of action and all that. So that would have worked, the double count out. But they broke the count, they did all the crazy shit, and then. Hayes hit nothing but net, one, two, three, and Carmelo Hayes wins the match. Are you happy about that? Or would you rather see King win it? I'd rather see King because I feel like Lexus King needs the push more than Carmelo does. I, I feel like Melo's out the door. Yeah, I think so too. And by out the door, I mean called to the main roster. He not needs being to go released. to the main roster. Or he's Raw ready. Roster. Yeah, I he's think so ready. too. He's ready. And they try to say like he's held every t major talent in NXT. Yeah, you went off like, no, he didn't have the tag team titles. He held the no. North American and he held the World Heavyweight Championship at NXT. Yes. But not the tag team. Maybe they were trying to, he had the singles gold, not the tag team gold. Yes, but the tag team gold falls falls in the category yeah, it of does. men. Yeah, it it does. falls into the category of men. Like when you say every title, the only belt that doesn't get applied to that is the women's championship because if you're a man, you're not going for the women's championship nope. or at least you shouldn't be. Nope. Now there are some rare moments where they've had managers hold the women's title to get heat and do stupid shit like that, but we don't really do that much anymore. Um, unless you're one of those I identify motherfuckers, you're not getting the women's championship. Oh, fuck. So, up the rope, you assholes. So anyway, um, my point here is Melo gets the win. After the match, King grabs the mic and says he's going to make it easy for Hayes. King says he wasn't the one who attacked Trick Williams, but thanks for the PLE spotlight. And you and I both looked at each other and started laughing. <laughs> yeah. So now they're basically dragging this yeah. shit out. And here begs the question. A, why are we dragging this shit out? And B, if Lexus King didn't attack Carmelo Hayes... Then who did? Because according to security camera... You can't see him. You, you see Lexus King walking into where Trick Williams is. You see Mello with the phone texting as Trick walked out the door. So unless there's a third camera that shows what actually happens when Trick walked into that room and Lexus followed him, we don't know what the fuck's going on and nothing they're saying is making logical sense. And also my fear is, is that they're dragging us on this wild goose chase and it's going to be predictable. Because if you're going to drag it out this long and you're going to continue to deny, 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 even though there's video evidence to back up what everyone thinks, 
you need to have some type of special swerve. Like something needs to happen where we have that third camera that shows what goes on and maybe Lexus walks in, but by the time Lexus walks in, Trick's already on the ground. So Lexus is like, oh shit, what happened here? Maybe he goes and gets help, which would be weird seeing as how he's kind of a heel, but he's not really a heel in the sense that he wants to beat people up. He's a heel in the sense that he is dishonoring his father's name because he's not acknowledging him as his real father. That's kind of where the heel thing is. He's making fun of his dead father. So it, it's hard to get, grasp what's going on here. And if Mello is the one who attacked Trick, then this is all a waste of fucking time. There has to be a surprise attacker with a legit motive to attack Trick Williams instead of just pulling something out of your ass because you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Very true, sir. Very, very, very true, sir. We're intrigued if you attack Trick. Time can only fucking tell. Trick has been dragging us out a little too long. So we're watching Alexis King. Who was it? Nobody knows. The creative team knows. At least I hope they do. Yes, I hope they do, too. I, ho I really hope they're not improv this shit. If they, Although, they are, they, they do a really good slash shitty job of it. Yeah, if they if they botch this, Sean should be removed from creative. That would just prove that Sean Michaels is not a booker. No, it's not. But we don't know yet. We don't know anything yet. Yeah. So then we cut back Carm and Carmelo's, you know, happy he took care of business. Now it's time for Trick to do his thing. Cora Jade, basically in an interview, says she's back. She's ready to take over, but she's not going to say why she attacked Lyra Valkyria. She's basically just going to say, I'll see you all on Tuesday. I might watch it, I might not. I don't know yet, though. I'm wondering if she's going to interfere in the match on New Year's Evil or try to insert herself into the match to make it a triple threat. Don't you put that fucking evil out in the world. Hey. How dare you, sir? Shame, Vanny Bucci, a.k.a. the Booch. Shame. I have no shame. So, anyway. No, you don't. There once was a girl named Tiffany. Anyways. <laughs> that is a joke between Vinny and I, and you'll never know why. Someday we might tell it. We might tell it someday. But anyway, my point is, you know, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with Cora Jade. Unless, after what happens at New Year's Evil, Cora ends up getting the shot at Vengeance Day. Because as we mentioned before, Vengeance Day is going to be on February 4th. That's the next premium live event. So right now, they're going to be building to New Year's Evil. And then after that, they're going to build the Vengeance Day. Whatever happens at New Year's Evil is going to be a catalyst for Vengeance Day. So it might be like a singles match, and then God forbid a triple threat at Vengeance Day, or they might do something else. I don't know what they're doing, but just know that the women's title match will be taking place at New Year's Evil. They're not going to wait till Vengeance Day. No, they will not. I, I, I do wish they would, but what else? What can you do? So on that note, we're going to move on now to the next match of the evening, and we're surprised they put it here. Mm -hmm. uh, the Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Trick Williams versus Josh Briggs versus Dijak versus Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate. I don't know what to say, really. Slow start, sh slow start slash sh shitty start, but in the end, great fucking finish. Great fucking... I, I call this match of the night. I, I thought this was the match of the night. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, yeah definitely fucking it was. It definitely was. I mean, everybody would... They start off with... Um, Dijak and Briggs. Yeah, and those two big behemoths were going to town. And then Tyler Bate came out and did his... He, 
out of everybody, he was a sore. Uh, he was a, the sore thumb in the middle because everybody was is a mountain over him, and he's just there his size. But he got a lot of spots in, and then then Brock Baker came out, and I started saying spear one two three. Made me chuckle. I go spear one two three. Chuckled again. Spear one two three. He goes like a steamroll. Three pins in what in less than thirty seconds. He and sent all three of them some bitches to the penalty and box. They're in the penalty box. Those three guys started beating the shit out of each other. Booker, what the hell's going on over here? We got crazy crap going right there. We got crazy crap going on in the penalty box. What is going on here? And then, and out of everybody, the only person who did not get any people to the very last 30 seconds of the match was Trick Williams, who go, one, then he got four in a row and Vinny and I were like don't end this like this and we stood up up and down cheering I was like thank you Jesus so now the number one contender is none other than Trick Williams himself wow well here's why we were saying don't end it like this because for up until like the last couple minutes couple seconds of the match he had no points zero this motherfucker had zero points and I'm sitting here thinking this is the most over guy in the match because again that whole arena is going whoop that trick huh whoop that trick all right whoop that trick i like it whoop that trick now i'm gonna shut up oh yeah man this is fucking crazy it was, it was that crowd went insane <laughs> it was so over it's like they're not gonna let him win they're not gonna let him win boy we were both wrong oh we got the first fall like oh shit here we go then the second fall. But here's the thing. I've learned in situations like this to not get too excited. Yeah, Because they get you excited where it's like, oh, he's going to make the comeback, he's going to make the comeback, and then he doesn't. Yeah, and then uh, we're sitting there like, seriously, come on now, then it's, boom, well, this happened. Th this is one of the rare moments we where the comeback the paid off. He was like, no, don't do this. Like, Braun gets back in the ring, goes for the spear, boom, hits him with the knee, and we're like, oh, shit. And he's going for the cover. We'll look at the clock. One, two, three, and boom, he wins the whole damn thing. Kind of like how you want your, t uh, t you want your football <laughs> team to win the, the, the big championship and you have three seconds kept going and win it by a field goal kind of like that or like or the hail mary and someone catches the hail mary pass in the end zone or, or the somebody's trying to catch the home run and they can't catch, catch it right there and then boom yeah 1995 Braves world series That's or 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 like the red sox mets game where the mets had the bases loaded and they got and it goes and it went through buckner's legs and everybody ran home and the mets ended up winning a game that they were convinced the red sox were gonna win Oh, yeah. You know, that sad moment. And then, of course, there's the moment that Zach doesn't want me to bring up, which is, of course, the Patriots come back against the Falcons. Which, I'm sorry, that was so sad. That's the saddest thing. What? You had to bring that up? Yes. Oh, yeah. It pertains oh, to what oh, we're no, talking no, 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 about. Whoa, 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 whoa. Um... What happened in 2004? Oh, yeah. Since you want to bring that up, you're a Yankee. No, no, no. You Yankees had it three games. And then you lose. Four games in a row. And the last game was in Yankee Stadium. And guys got your ass kicked courtesy of Kurt Snow's red bloody sock. Ten to nada. So shut the fuck up. Oh my god. We did. I was like, what? 20 years ago? Wow. Yeah. Back then, and Charlie Sheen was still sober. Back then, Lindsay Lohan was being called a fire crotch. Back then, Paris Hilton was sleeping with everything that moved. What Back then, Britney Spears hadn't lost her mind yet. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot, a lot could change in 20 years. Yeah, yeah, a lot could change in 20 years. You keep on bringing up the Falcons, I keep on bringing up that shit. Moving I'm on. I'm bringing it up to make a valid point about comebacks. It fit what I was trying to say. I, I understand that, but you keep on doing it, I'm keep on bringing that up. 
Okay, whatever. I don't give a shit anymore. It's 2023. I don't give a shit about that anymore. Anyway, my point is, Trick Williams made the amazing comeback. Yeah, that was with the ultimate fucking comeback right there. We were like, and we just looked at each other like, did that just happen? Yeah, and for the most part, Tyler Bates stole the fucking sh match. Yeah. Stole the fucking show. Yeah. Because he was doing all these, because they call him Big Strong Boy, ooh, ooh, ooh. and he followed through with it. Remember the airplane spin with no hands? Yeah. <laughs> and if you look very closely, though, you can kind of tell Trick has wrapped his arm arm around his neck to kind of hold himself there. Yeah, they're so both doing it. Yeah, Trick did it. Then Bate did it. Trick did it. Then Bate did it. The funniest one when did no hands. He's like, nah, nah, flop. <laughs> yeah, so it was kind of that. It was kind of cool in that regard. And then, of course, you know, uh, Briggs did okay. I mean, we got the lowest scores in the match, but he still... Everybody got multiple pinfalls. More than one, at least. I think. Yeah. Like I said, it was by the time we got to the end, the final score was Williams with four. Uh, we had Briggs with one. He only got one fall. Okay, Dijak got two. Breaker got three. And Tyler Bate got three. Yeah. And although there was one thing that Tyler Bate did in the match that I legit fucking hated. Which was what? The double clothesline to Dijak oh, yeah, and yeah, Briggs. Yeah, yeah. That, that was... That, 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 was, that makes no I'm sorry. Sense. I'm sorry. No. He's oh, not that fucking strong. I'm about to say... You're about to say... Don't, no, don't make the say the F word. What? Why? It, it, it fits here. You never say the F word, Cabron. Okay, first of all, the rule about saying the F word. First of all, if you're in the business, you can say it, which I am. And second of all, it's pertaining to wrestling as a whole. You never say wrestling is fake. You can say a spot looks fake, and that because that's pretty much letting people know that's why it's bad. That's how we're saying like you should. That's why you don't do this, even though you, in your mind you're thinking, oh, this will look cool. Yeah, but it makes the match look fake because the whole purpose of a wrestling match, as we have mentioned numerous times and will continue to do so, is that the purpose of wrestling is to make it look like it's a real fight. Make it look believable. Yes. If you were in a fight with somebody, what would you do and make it make sense? That's why earlier, I forgot to mention this, when Tiffany Stratton came off the penalty box... And everybody yeah, in metaphor on, yeah. was looking up, waiting to catch, which is a stupid spot. You don't wait to catch the person. This is how you sell a spot like that. You slowly get up and you turn into it. Yeah. That way, by the time you get up and look, you're like, oh shit, boom. There's no time for you to get out of the way. Or do, or uh, what Gator would say, don't do shit that you don't know how to do. Yes. Now, the fault is not necessarily with the person doing the dive. It's the person selling the dive, which is something that Desmond's had to explain to me a few times where he makes a valid point there. But still, if you know the people can't sell it properly, don't do the move. Don't do the move. Unless you're doing it with somebody who can sell it properly, like Logan Paul. So I didn't like the double clothesline spot. But everything else that Tyler Bate did in this match was well done. Yeah, I remember we did the close at the end. That's totally believable right there. Right there. And he's like, you go, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Being our sarcastic ass pricks ourselves. Anyways, speaking of moves, if you don't know how to do, don't fucking do it. There's one, if I was a professional wrestler, there's one move I would never do. What's that? The pile driver. Yeah. I would never do the pile driver. Never do the pile driver. I, yeah. I was like, no. Uh -uh, if you don't no, trust yourself no, to do the move, no. don't do it. No. And also, like, that's another move that you do. You need to learn how to do properly. No. Like, and there's, and if you look real closely, like you look real closely at the Undertaker when he does a tombstone, mm -hmm. he shows you how to do it. Because if you look real closely, you notice that when the head, when he positions, when he flips the person over, mm -hmm. the head is pretty much touching his dick, his crotch area, basically. crotch area, basically. Yeah, you're basically, he's basically holding the guy the way you would hold a girl that was gonna suck your dick, and you did the upside down spot where mm -hmm. she's, you're, she's sucking your yeah, dick, and you're yeah, eating her out. Yeah. 
that kind of thing. So, but when, and when he drops to his knees, if you look real closely, the head never touches the ground. I've only seen him touch his head, one head touch the ground the whole time, and that was in the match with Goldberg in Saudi Arabia. He botched that tombstone. Yeah, and he also it goes to his knees. Right, Vinny? Yes. Not his <clears throat> ass, Owen Hart. Owen Hart. So yeah, I love you, Owen. I love Owen Hart, but fuck you for that trying to cripple the Texas Rattlesnake, you fucker, you. Yeah, he he, he fucked that up completely. Oh. That's why I've always said, like, I was surprised that Steve even was part of the Owen Hart tribute show. Because I said, if I was Steve Austin... I'd be like, fuck you. No, no, here's what would have happened. You would have had to cattle prod me down the ramp. It would have took Vince, Shane, Pritchard, Russo, Cornette, and everybody Shane. else backstage... To zap me down the fucking ramp and into the ring to get me to do anything, because I'm like, look, I'm sad that he's dead, but the guy almost, the guy crippled me. It, it, it literally ruined his career. I mean, okay, well, almost did, almost. okay, okay, okay. It didn't ruin his career because he did get back in the ring and wrestle and draw money. So, I, I, okay, I'm over dramatizing there, but it did fuck up his life. Yeah. Because his neck was never the same after that, but it didn't fuck his career up. I did no. that. That that that's a little bit of an oversight. It could have though, big time. But um, yeah. Also, I will say this. This should have been the main event. Yeah, I think so, too. Especially when they said, Trick closes the show. Yeah, and he... Didn't close the show. He did close the show to a certain extent. Yes, but th- this no, should have been the main event. This was fucking fantastic. None of the other match, the other, the next two matches did not follow this. Did not follow this. But on that note, we are going to move on to the next oh, match of the evening. Fuck. We have ourselves a steel cage match. Roxanne Perez one on one against Kiana James. Meh. Meh. Disappointing. No. Really. Kiana won. Why would I be disappointed? Yeah, that's true. I mean. I understand that, but they could have made this match a little bit more exciting. I but guess. Yeah, and then, <clears throat> and when um they're both off the uh, on top of the ring, I was like, don't do stupid shit. You don't know how to do. And they did. They got off the uh, off. They got back down. I was like, okay, look, you're not RVD. You're not Matt. You're not Jeff. You're not Edge. You're not Christian. Do not jump off off the top rope, mm-hmm. off the top of the cage. Well, it depends. It depends on why you're doing it, where the spot is being held, and all that other stuff. Like, a steel cage match, a regular, normal steel cage match like this, I don't mind seeing people come off the top of the cage. The war games, I'm not a fan of the cage spots in war games. Oh, trust me, we know. Yeah, I'm not a fan of it there. And, you know, the, and the hell in a cell where people get thrown out the cell. At a certain point, that gets repetitive. I'd rather, just the whole purpose of the hell in a cell is to keep it in the fucking cell. Yeah, I hate when they go outside the outside. Outside the hell in a cell. I was like, dude, no, stay in the fucking hell in a cell, you dumb fucks. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of it, you know. The, but everybody wants to be Mick Foley till they actually do the spot and realize that Foley even regrets doing it a little bit because he knows he's still feeling the pain, and, it, and that was in 1998, and he still feels it. Yeah, or his it, poor it's... ass getting tossed off the fucking steel case and through the announcer and Gayard's famous quote, he's broken in half. Good God Almighty, they killed him. Good God, they could have killed him. God is my witness, he's broken in half, yes. So, that happened there. So, this match was relatively okay, but I thought Roxanne was going to go over, and that's why it was hard for me to enjoy the match. I felt like it's a cage match, we're denying the inevitable, Roxanne's going to go over, which I'm not going to enjoy because I prefer Kiana James, because with her you can make Well, there was one good spot where uh, Kiana James tried to do a move, and she hit the pop rocks. That was a good spot right there. Yes. That, I did enjoy that right there, but everything is fine. And Danny, there's somebody named, who is this, Rob, is he Dane? Is he Dane? Uh, who the hell is she? She is an American professional wrestler and former volleyball player. 
currently signed to WWE and wrestles under the name Izzy Dame. Her actual name is uh, Frankie Streifling, or at least that's it's either that's either her real name or it's her actual or it's another name that she wrestles on the Indies, but. Okay. They're calling her right now Izzy Dane. I think she was in the women's breakout tournament. That's why. But we didn't really see much of her. I think yeah. she got eliminated in the first round. I don't know who she is, but we're going to find, well, I'm gonna watch the highlights Tuesday, uh, Wednesday morning after I get up and find out who the hell is this chick. But I, I, I don't know who she was, but... Uh... Seeing this made, made, uh, made, uh, made you a happy booty. Yes. <laughs> I, I would eat her ass as a thank you. So it was fucking. I loved it. As soon as she slammed that door, and then James hit the four hundred one k with the chair, with too. the chair, that I got the one two, three. one two three, and he stood over, heard like, uh huh, they're like, yeah, got you, bitch. And I was like, I was not expecting that, but what we've been saying, but I can handle it. I love it. I love Same it. thing I said when Blair Davenport won. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, it was. I loved it. Kiana James got the win. I wanted her to win, but I, in the back of my mind, I was like, they're gonna give this to Roxanne. They give everything to Ross. You kept on you you kept on saying that for the last couple of days. You said that at the last uh, recap you did the next day. Yeah, that's right. Now I did too. It's like, but they did it. The only problem with me is it could have been a little more exciting. That's all I'm saying. Well, Try yeah. it out maybe a couple more minutes. Don't make it the second to last match. You should have done it like maybe maybe after Melo and uh, Alexis King. <coughs> Alexis King maybe. Maybe. Well, I think they were using that as the cool down match because it's Perez and Kiana. Like it, it. Like I said, it's got some excitement to it, but not a lot. And you always have a buffer match between two big matches. It's kind of like. At WrestleMania 18, when they had Hogan versus The Rock, mm. and then there was a triple threat match for the Women's Championship right after that, and then Triple H and Jericho in the main event. Kind of like with WrestleMania 25, they had that Women's Battle Royale, and then the next match was Shawn Michaels and Undertaker, if I'm correct. No, that was 26. Well, that was 26. Well, 26 is when Shawn and HBK were the main event. Yeah. In 25, they did main event. The main event was Triple H and Randy Orton. That was still a good match. Oh, it was a very good match. It was a great match. So, I'm just saying that usually you have a buffer match in between. Yeah. And it's usually a women's match because some women's matches have a story behind them. Most of them don't. This one has somewhat of a story, but not enough to get people like excited. Into this was not like an emotionally invested rivalry. If, if this was emotionally to... invested rivalry, and this is how it ended, people would have been pissed. Yeah. Obviously, this is going to continue. And yes. it, one of two things is going to happen. Either Roxanne's going to get back up and she's going to go after both Kiana and Izzy or Perez is going to pivot from Kiana James and take on Izzy Dane. Well, she's probably going to take out Izzy Dane then go back to Kiana James and take care of her. That might happen. Like, there might be something with Perez taking on Izzy Dame at New Year's Evil and then her and Kiana have the rematch at Vengeance Day. There you go. And Perez would go over at Vengeance Day. And then we'll have to hear pissy, moany, whiny, crying. Basically, nothing will change. Yeah. And with that, and speaking of nothing changing, we move on to the main event of the evening... For the NXT Championship, Ilya Dragunov defends the title against Baron Corbin. I hate to say this, boring. Really? I didn't really enjoy this at all. I thought I thought they could make this a little more exciting. But you could definitely tell and say it with me, children, one more time. Psychology. Were there psychology in this? Of course. Yeah, I mean, and they they they, they did a lot of brutal uh, things. They has fight. They they has fight, and everything was fine and dandy until we got to a very very weird awkward part. Vinny, you want to take this one? Or you want me to explain? Uh, you do. I can't remember what the awkward part. Maybe was. sitting sitting on top of him, looking down like him. I'm like, dude, that's kind of gay. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started hugging, and Vinny said, "Dude, this is turning out to be gay." 
<laughs> well, he kind of like stra after he did the H bomb, he was straddling him. Yeah. Then he picked him up and started hugging him. And whispered something in his ear. We're like, uh, this is kind of gay. <laughs> yeah. This. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm like, this is weird. This is not no, no. Like I see this being a meme, or I see this becoming like a gif that people are gonna use. I tell you, it's probably you're gonna see you're gonna see somebody. He's gonna be whispering in the ear, and there's gonna be captions, and they're gonna say like some weird shit. Here. Meet me over at the bar. Oh, hey, remember, knock three times so I know I'm not cheating on my wife. We're going to look like they're going to, like, they're keeping a gay affair or like, secret. Yeah. Or, like, I shit in your bag or something like that. Or it's going to be some kind of weird shit. That's going to become a meme. I guarantee it. Someone's going to do that. Yeah. It yeah. just, it, it didn't look right. It didn't look right. I mean, this is, this just could have been, like, the still cage match for it could have been a little more exciting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And, of course, Dragon... And then and Vinny pointed out, like, he better hit the end of days. Nope, that didn't hit the... He hit his finisher. One, two, three. And I'm like, for real? And then, and, I mean, then Trick Williams came out, pulled out him, and, and did this right here. So, like, uh -huh, your days are numbered. And then Carmelo Hayes came out there looking at him, and then it goes to black. Goes to black screen. Here's my here's my issue with that. If the screen was going to fade to black and the show was going to end, why did Carmelo need to be out there? He did it. There's no point. I can understand if there was going to be something after that. Like maybe Carmelo attacks Trick Williams from behind and finally announces he's the guy who did it. Or something. But just to have him walk out there makes no fucking sense. He's not getting the title shot at New Year's Evil. At New Year's Evil, it's going to be Dragunov versus Trick. And since Dragunov retained, which I'm a little disappointed because I wanted Corbin to win. We both did. I honestly think that Trick could walk out with the title. He needs to. One of two things is going to happen. Either Trick walks out with the title at New Year's Evil, or Mello interferes and costs Trick the title, and then we find out he's the attacker. Kind of like uh, something that happened to Iron in the Man's uh, Iron Survivor Challenge. Eddie Thorpe screwed over Didrax. Yes, and which is why they're going to fight this upcoming yeah, Tuesday. I saw that you said that uh, right there. They're going to come out tomorrow. Yeah, and uh, you said, oh shit, I forgot to mention Eddie Thorpe. Because uh, like, uh, he attacked him. It's like, there's no disqualifications, but there's rope breaks? No, here's the thing. Technically, there are disqualifications in the Iron Survivor. Like you get a fall from pinfall, submission, or disqualification. And the ref clearly saw Eddie Thorpe there, right? Yep. Yeah, so that's, a, that, that, that's where goddamn think is. They, how can you say disqualification of interference? Was the ref distracted? Yep. I don't think he was. He wasn't. Go, might have to go back and watch the tape, see if he was distracted, but I don't, I did not see any distractions of any kind. None. None whatsoever. So that should have been a DQ. Someone should have got a point for that. Because why the fuck would you do that? And then they have the match on Tuesday. They're going to have the match on Tuesday. To settle this, and as you can tell, when Eddie Thorpe came out, his ribs aren't taped up anymore. Nope. So that means we're not gonna have to worry about him selling his ribs. He's actually gonna put up a fucking fight. Yeah. And I see Eddie Thorpe winning on Tuesday. Yeah, I do too. Now, of course, sadly, we will not be there to recap this match because we are taking our our vacation. That's very true. Sir. So from an, at least okay, we're taking an NXT vacation. Taking an NXT vacation. Yes, but. You know, ultimately, that's where that match is going to lead. And, of course, uh, you know, Dragunov, after hitting those H-bombs, he finally hits the Torpedo Moscow, gets the fucking victory, and then afterwards, that's when we see Trick standing out there. I mean, I think the the main event could have been a little more, more exciting and Barry Coleman winning. Yeah. That's what it should have happened. But where, where, they keep on keeping kicking Vinny out of the writer's room, and I'm just there. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, they, they keep kicking me out of the room because they're like, we don't want logic out. Kind of like kind of like with uh, Randy Savage and uh, Andre. No burning oil! Get out! Yeah. 
and at least Hulk Hogan was well liked by Andre. <clears throat> Anyways, no logical storylines. Get out! Get out! No logical storylines. We want our storylines complicated and confusing, and doesn't make any fucking sense. None whatsoever, right, boss? Right, boss. He'll learn. He'll learn. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, I guess that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this recap of NXT Deadline. Uh, Zach, uh, thanks for your time. You're basically going to join us, and I guess I'll see you February 4th for Vengeance Day. Maybe you will. Maybe you won't. I don't like the sound of that. But anyway, make sure you guys uh, follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Make sure you check out the male soap opera moment. Uh, hopefully this week we'll be doing the recap of WWE Survivor Series and that will be coming out soon. So make sure if you're not liking the Facebook page already, go click that like button, follow us on Facebook and get ready to check out the male soap opera moment as well as other content that will be posted. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast for the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel, check out all of our YouTube content, and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. Uh, once we take this sabbatical and after I get some of the uh, other podcasts edited need to be edited, we will get to work on those dark side videos. I'll finally have time to sit down and make those videos for you guys, and also get a few other things recorded as well. So I'm gonna be getting the dark Dark Side videos out to you guys very, very soon. So in the meantime, in between time, check out the content that's already up there. And of course, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 27th for the WWE Royal Rumble. We have the men's and women's Royal Rumble taking place. Find out who will main event night two of WrestleMania because with Punk and Rollins doing night one, you know the women's Royal Rumble ain't going to do shit. So just go to the bathroom during that match. But the men's Royal Rumble will release determine night two of WrestleMania. And of course, we have our live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle, no special project in the works. And of course, you can support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than the Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. per month. The same amount of money you used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since they sold it to Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99. So to that $9.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network and unlike the elite we actually care about our fans and dedicated giving the people what they want you have the option of paying through credit card or with gpay 
And the best part is, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment, we used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the recipe good old Zachariah Scott, his ramen noodles, and try to get him laid. Despite the fact he has a serial killer picture. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. And remember, folks, only you can prevent forest fires. Yeah, I guess. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.